Hello and greetings, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Enright Standing Podcast, a podcast for the unique, the peculiar, and the chosen who want to live right and at the end of the day be in right standing with themselves and with others. I'm your host, Jada Cofield, and in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the oil. Today's episode is coming to you from the Olive Orchard of Georgia. The olive tree is one of the oldest trees on the planet, and there are those on the island of Crete that date back to more than 3,000 years old. Olive trees themselves are hardy, drought, disease, and fire resistant. Their longevity is based on its use and value. An olive tree can withstand drought because of its extensive root system. Most olive trees take several years until they produce their first harvest. This very orchard took six years before it yielded its first crop, grown from a seed, a dream, and a need. What seed do you have? What dream can you believe? What need can you supply? There are two ways to grow an olive tree, either by cuttings or a seed. The seed of an olive tree is extremely hard and has to be broken to grow. This is just the seed that does not include the crushing the olive fruit itself goes through to bring forth its oil. Sounds like life, those crushing moments. The other form is by using the cuttings and life can cut, my friend but the end result of both are amazing. An olive grove is still one of the most sought out venues for a wedding or reception dinner in the Mediterranean and America. It speaks of a family's great wealth and prestige and is a blessed foretelling of the bride and groom's great prosperity and richness to come. Extra virgin olive oil like the Dead Sea Salt and mentioned in the Too Salty podcast is one of the most sought out beauty products in the world. It can be used as a hair mask and conditioner. It can be used in a hot bath to soften the skin, similar to the six months of oil preparation Esther was subject to. It's great for removing makeup and impurities. Olive oil can be used in cooking and should be used to replace vegetable oil. It has the ability to lower cholesterol when cooked with extra virgin olive oil. It also helps your heart, improves digestion, and relieves pain and helps reduce cardiovascular disease. A diet rich in extra virgin olive oil helps protect against type 2 diabetes. People who follow a Mediterranean-style diet that is rich in extra virgin olive oil are at a lower risk of depression. Research by Spanish scientists has shown including olive oil in the diet lowers the risk of cancer. Taking extra virgin olive oil on a daily basis can help reduce hypertension. A recent study done by Auburn University's Center of Neuroscience Initiative finds that extra virgin olive oil could improve memory and decrease risk of Alzheimer's disease which is a form of dementia. 
According to their findings, it enhances the function of the blood-brain barrier, which has a vital role in protecting the brain. In addition, extra virgin olive oil reduces the accumulation of toxic plaques and reduces neuroinflammation. Boosting brain function is key to starving off the effects of aging. And if there was one thing every person should consider doing right now to keep their brain young, it is to add extra virgin olive oil to their diet. According to research by scientists at the Lewis Katz School of Medicine at Temple University, I use it on everything and have used it for years and will continue to do so. Extra virgin olive oil is symbolic and significant to life. It stands for and represents life, vegetation, longevity, the Holy Spirit, and light. It's used to signify the anointing or hand of God. It also is described as joy. Having the oil of the Lord, a gift, talent, or charisma are not the same. However, people mistaken them for such. People marvel at talent, gifts, and ability, and often do not know what an anointed or oiled vessel or person really looks like. A talent and gift can give off a false sense of oil, or the oil is not enough. There is the oil within, and there is the oil without. One should have both. In the story of the bridegroom, we see the results of having both or not having any at all. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. In the beginning of this parable, everyone is on the same page. There are ten, they are virgins, they have lamps, and they are all going to see the bridegroom. In other words, they all are called and have gifts, talents, and resources and seemingly going in the same direction to meet Christ. But then there is a clear divide in who was who as they are now being labeled. And five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Nothing wrong with labels, just as long as it's the right one. Interestingly enough, the split comes down the middle and we have five who are wise and five who are foolish. The number five meaning grace. So now things are really getting interesting because why would we need grace going to a wedding? What's about to happen? Grace is given as a period of time after a debt or bill has become payable, or it's the period before the final judgment is made in a matter, time given, and time to get things right or be in right standing. It's the time before the proof and test of a matter. We know this because there are 10 virgins and the number 10 means fullness of testing. Are we together? We are now going to see who will have the grace to pass the test as the story progresses. The story separates them by labeling their preparedness and their items. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. I find this interesting because if you've ever been on a group trip or a girl's trip, we often admire each other for what we have. Like, girl, I love that bag or those shoes are so cute 
or your hair looks great. I'm sure things were looking a bit strange because the wise have two items they were carrying and the foolish show up with one. I'm curious to know if the wise ones noticed the difference. Maybe thinking, maybe I overpacked. And the foolish had to be thinking, maybe we didn't pack enough. Note to self, oil will sometimes make you compare, especially when you have something others don't. But you cannot stay stuck looking at others. You have to know what is right for you. It now appears that the ceremony is not going smooth either. The bridegroom tarried and they all slumbered and fell asleep. This is embarrassing. I'm ready to see him and attend the wedding and he's not even here. How rude. Have they been jilted at the altar? And remember, they are all still virgins, talented, gifted, and going to see the bridegroom and have lamps. Then at midnight, someone starts shouting, he's coming, he's here, go meet him. Oh my gosh, can you imagine being awakened at midnight? Oh, and someone shouting, Jesus is here. Now ladies, what would be the first thing you would do? I reckon they were dressed up and may have had a little rouge on. So they probably would want to know how they looked because they have, uh, you know, messed up their hair and makeup. And some may have even drooled all over themselves. <laughs> And in order to see what you're working with and to be able to see the one coming and to meet him, you will need to turn on the light and trim your lamp. Keep in mind, they had been burning all night, so they were not out. Their lamps were still burning. Trimming meant adjusting the wick or cutting so that the oil that drew up from the storage reservoir causes cause the flame to be clean, bright, and give great visibility and had to be done often. So what happened? The five foolish, like the virgins, awoke to a dull light, but the foolish lamps soon went out completely. And this is the defining moment because in this moment of trimming, it seemed as if they were once again all the same. But then the wise women's light became brighter in the darkness, and their vessel was full enough with oil to sustain the journey. Then the foolish turned to the wise and say, Give me, not please, not may I have, not can you help me, but give me, which is a very selfish demand and statement usually made by the entitled. And the wise one said, uh-uh, not so. Go buy your own from those who sell oil. Everyone in this story started out the same. There was no respect of a person as to who could receive the invitation. Unfortunately, the foolish did not allow the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to keep them ready and full of the guiding light and oil. People who are not prepared always want someone else to give me, provide, and be responsible for them. They believe they can take what is yours and that you should automatically give it to them. When you have the oil, it means you have clarity, visibility, joy, a guiding light, direction, 
and wisdom. The wisdom of these five virgins is called prudence and prudent people carefully provide for the future and not the moment. Prudent people often struggle with people wanting to take from them. We've made the oil this mysterious ability to be better than others and to draw people and be charismatic. But in this scripture, the oil is for you to be drawn to him, to follow him, to see him, and to enter into a great place with him. When Christ comes for you to do his will, are you ready, able, and available? He returns, and when he returns, where will your lamp be? The oil represents the Holy Spirit of God in thee. There is the oil within, and there is the oil without. I believe the five foolish virgins had the obvious oil without because they knew to go to meet the bridegroom and they had lamps and answered the call. But when you have just oil on the outside, you can miss the guidance and wisdom that comes from having oil or the Holy Spirit on the inside. They were not prepared and I am even convinced to believe they were used to asking people to give them what they need rather than have it for themselves. I know people like that. It was too easy for the foolish to automatically turn to the other wise and say, give me. It's disturbing, to be honest. The wise virgins told them, no, go get your own oil from the ones who sell it. To be honest, this interaction between the foolish and wise becomes even more concerning. Why did the wise have to even tell them where to get the oil from? The foolish had oil, so they had to know where to get it, right? But something about that statement and having to be told to go buy from those who sell oil suggests to me those women were truly fools. Where else would they have gotten the oil used in their lamps? It's worth asking the question. Some oil I see on people, I do wonder where did you get it from? Or where do you get your oil from? My God is not like that. That's not the oil of the Lord. We've all been fooled by people who look the part, travel with us, and then have no oil or refuse to go through the process and pay the price to get it. Are you hearing me? Saul was anointed with oil, but soon turned out to have an empty vessel, one that was vile, wicked, and full of hate towards the wise young man of David, who was anointed with oil as well. Same story, just different people. The wheat and the tares. When we say someone has the oil and is anointed, it is obvious in general, but the oil within can only be proven, I believe, in the dark hours and those who are truly ready prepared to behold the King in heaven, but on earth as well. Furthermore, the five foolish were arrogant and careless because they went to buy the oil that the wise advised them to do and then ran back expecting to be let in for an event they were not prepared for and late to. Who does that? People in whom it is obvious have no oil. What poor etiquette and social skills to show up late for an event you were invited to or leave and come back. 
I guess they figured, well, he was late, so can I be. Foolish people with little oil are unprepared and arrogant about their lack of ability or preparedness. They still feel in their sluggardness, you are supposed to accommodate their foolishness. Not so, says the Lord. Oil on the outside makes you slippery, attractive, and for some causes them to fall and slip and be messy all the time. Oil in the lamp or within keeps you upright and on the path to victory and true celebration. When you have oil, you have, you have to do, and all you have to do is to keep it bright by cutting back the wick or those things that can dim your light and keep your vat full with oil. That to me doesn't seem hard to do, but this story tells us half of us, half of us will and half of us won't. Oil within will teach you how to submit to the guidance of the Holy Spirit of how to live in the now and walk out the future. The oil is to set you apart. The olive oil will be obvious in your life. It shines brightly. It is said that pure extra virgin olive oil is by far the best oil to burn in a lamp because it does not give off any smoking elements. Like in the beginning of this podcast, I shared how extra virgin olive oil has a plethora of internal and external benefits. Nature speaks and nature speaks loudly. Are we together? Even this particular chapter is referred to as the Olivet Discourse. We have an individual responsibility to have our own oil and to trim our own wick. I end with this. Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. The oil. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the In Right Standing podcast. And a very, very special thank you to the Hobdy family who own the Olive Orchards of Georgia here in Quitman, Georgia. Their six years of waiting has paid off in so many ways, and they are receiving recognition and awards for their great flavor and their harvest. I will leave the link of the orchard in the description please be sure to click the link, watch the video about the olive process, and also be sure to check out their great olive oils on the website. They are blessed. And from this day forward, may you and your reach be expanded and your territory enlarged to national recognition. I pray a blessing upon the matriarch and the patriarch of this family. And until next time, remember at the end of the day, I want you to be in right standing with yourself, with others, and most importantly, with Christ. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>